Hello everyone, welcome back to the Green and Moon, the show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Our first guest of 2023 has been involved in some big, big cup games and on the eve of a huge cup game for Newcastle United against Leicester City. Today, this evening, we've got the former entertainer Warren Barton on the Greenman and Mullen Show, a friend of the channel now. It's, it's safe to say, isn't it, Sam? And as he confirms, spoiler alert, listener of the show. Genuinely. And, and, he, and he proves it, <laughs> which was the most wonderful, surreal, like, that's just made my day completely. That's awesome. He, uh, yeah, he's just the best, isn't he? He's brilliant. He really, really is. And we've talked about his admiration for the city itself mm. plenty of times. And he, he, he goes on again about that later on in this podcast. But it's such a great time to talk about Newcastle United and every single cup competition. Normally, we're not at this stage of January. We're normally either out of the third round of the FA Cup or we're definitely out of the League Cup by now. And Newcastle are absolutely fine. We're currently still sitting third place on goal difference ahead of Manchester United. And the January transfer window is open. It, there is a massive debate on how Newcastle approaches this window, Sam Muller. Yeah, there is. I got asked about it on a very well-regarded sports TV news station. And fun fact, Johnny, do you know who was on said sports TV station two hours later? No. Mr. Warren Barton. Was he really? We were booked on Sky Sports News the same day. I, Sky, I, I Sports, was, Sky Sports, Sam and Warren Barton on the same time. Same I, I was obviously the warm-up act to the main event, which is <laughs> the the former entertainer Warren Barton. So, and 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 you can and you can look. It's just what the the passion that Warren still speaks about, and something that I really resonate with. In that that I'm not from the area, but I I like to think I get it. Johnny, please back me up. <laughs> but all I, all I would say is is that. For someone that hasn't lived in the northeast, you've obviously been to Newcastle so many times, and you mm. obviously thoroughly enjoy it. You you need to make the most of these big occasions, don't you? You need to make the most of what's happening right now. So, obviously, Newcastle are playing Leicester City tonight. I'm assuming that you'll be at St James's Park. Are oh, you absolute D? You absolute D head. You've absolutely. So where you where where you sitting tonight? You've absolutely on my chair in my living room. That's all right. I'll, I'll come up for the semi-final second leg because we're going to beat Leicester. We're going to get drawn away first leg to Man United and then we're going to get a 1-1 draw at Old Trafford and then we're going to beat them 2-0 at home and I'll be there. Who's going to get you that ticket, line? I'll get it myself. I'm a member. Good luck. Um, on that note... We have to mention Newcastle versus Leicester because obviously the game hasn't kicked off yet. And we're recording it the... before Sheffield Wednesday as well. Yeah, so but we let's, might... let's, let's forget about the Sheffield Wednesday game for a second. Let's park that to one side. Is this Leicester game the biggest game in Newcastle United's history since the 2004-05 season where we had that Europa League quarterfinal and FA Cup semi-final? No, it's not. Um, there have been plenty bigger, but for the wrong reasons, uh, to to stay up, to, to get promoted from the championship. I think there's so since then. But in terms of achieving something and getting somewhere, um, 
I think it is. I think the one that comes close was like Everton the last day of the season, but we kind of already knew we weren't going to get fourth. We were already pretty much consigned to fifth. We needed a lot to happen for us to finish fourth and, and you know, beat Everton and whatnot. Um, Benfica the next year after that in the quarter Benfica, yeah. Yeah, Benfica, that was huge, wasn't it? That was a real chance, but we didn't really have the squad depth to handle that as we had two terrible seasons afterwards um, through mismanagement and not preparing for that Europa League. Um, yeah, so th- th- there's been a few, but let's not get away from it. It's, it's massive. It's it's getting close that we can taste it now and, you know, it's tangible. So I hope we do it. I really hope we do it. Prediction? I think we win two one. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a lot closer than the league game on Boxing Day. Yeah, but if we can, if we can get off to a two nil uh, head start after eight, ten, eight. Ten, yeah, ten, well, that, right. that it would, but I, that won't be the case this time, will there? You, you'd, I think probability suggests they won't give away a penalty in the first five minutes again. Who knows? Who knows? But yeah, Newcastle versus Leicester City. On Tuesday evening, bring your scarf if you're going to the game and you listen to the yes. podcast beforehand. By all means, bring. Make sure you have your black and white scarf. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in your front room or if you're going to St James's Park. Make sure you've got that black and white scarf again because that'll be fantastic. It'll be a great Absolutely. occasion. But it's a huge, huge game. But just very briefly, Sam and Warren Barton, he's coming back up to the northeast. We, we we joke maybe he might go to London in late February, but. It's great to see these legends come back to the to the northeast and really enjoy what they're what they're seeing on the park at the minute. Absolutely, and and the way Warren's been and the way he is with the fans and how great he is with his time, he's available for for so many um, supporter groups and whatnot. Um, he thoroughly deserves to have all the invitations back to the club in the world. So it's richly deserved, and it's um, the love and passion for the club is still there in. Um, in absolute abundance it certainly is well what a few days and a few weeks may lie for newcastle united but let's enjoy this podcast today in 2023 where we've got a fantastic guest we've mentioned him already it's warren barton so it is the greenwood and the show the first one of 2023 with our first guest it is with warren barton the greenwood and mulliner show on newcastle fans tv Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Greenwood and Mulner show here on Newcastle Fans TV. Well, what a year 2022 was. Now 2023 has come and we have a few massive, massive games of football for Newcastle United. And a man that was a part of so many big games at Newcastle United was Warren Barton. Warren, welcome to the show. And well, it's just fantastic to talk so positively about Newcastle United for a change. Yeah, it's been fantastic. You know, Happy New Year to everybody. Um, and I don't think if we would have started 2022 thinking about what was going to go ahead and, you know, with the new ownerships coming in, uh, players coming in. But it's it's been fantastic to see the team thrive with Eddie Howe and his coaching staff, to see the, the new owners, um, you know, CEOs coming into the club, general managers, technical directors, whatever you want to call them, has it had a positive uh, impact in the club. And that translates to the fans. Um, it's been a dream year, I, I think, last year for everybody. We didn't, no one, I think, could ever imagine that it was going to go as well as it has. The big thing now is to is to keep it going. Uh, but it's been brilliant. You know, it's been great for the Premier League. To, I think, you know, people remember our time with the entertainers. We never won anything, uh, as I've said numerous times. 
but we entertain people and, and this group of players and these fans uh, are starting to entertain and um I think it shows you the resilience that we're getting under people's skin. We're, we're upsetting mm. people, which is great. We're not we're not there to make friends with people. We're there to compete. We're there to challenge. Uh, and you know, Eddie Howe is, is and I think Sam, I, went, I, I spoke about this when he first took over. When he went in at six o'clock in the morning at the training ground, and then he come out close to eleven o'clock, I think it was, and there was one fan or possibly two fans just outside. It would have been very easy to make out he's on the phone, on his laptop, put his head down, walk out. But he didn't. He stopped. And for me, that was the first inkling that he gets it. He understands it. And it, all the things he's saying at the moment, and, you know, it, it's great to see he's evolving as a coach. He, he's not Sir Bobby. He's not KK. But he's going in the right direction. Um, and whatever happens in the next two, three years, I think everybody at Newcastle will be thankful for the way Eddie's conducted himself, the way he's put his teams out. Uh, and this is only the start, and I think he's evolving uh, now as a as a top coach coach uh, in the Premier League, and and we're benefiting from that because you know I don't have a lot of contact with the owners, but when I have had, it's been very positive, um, very much supporting him, supporting the club, supporting the fans, and you know they did their bit as well. You don't forget the first thing they did; it wasn't necessarily writing checkbooks out. And cl- they cleaned the windows at St James's Park. <laughs> And again, we laugh about that, but it means so much for the fans. So the two things that you've seen from a coach and an owner is a small detail, but it means so much to everybody. And I think that's been the way the wave has gone, the positivity, the way the team are playing, that, that togetherness, that spirit is translated to you guys. You know, I obviously watch your podcast, listen to the podcast, whatever it may be, people on social media. We're all together. We're all supporting it, and it's it hasn't been like that. I don't think since Sir Bobby uh, and KK and Sir John Hall, Freddie, and all the other people there from there. We've we've never really had that 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 bond, and, and we've got that, and that's a powerful thing. Oh, it absolutely is. And like Warren, I don't know if you remember, but the first time we spoke, it was when the rumours of a takeover might be happening. You wanted Pochettino in. You wanted William in. The second time we spoke, it was all doom and gloom. And now here we are, third in the Premier League. January transfer windows open. And, you know, we need a couple of players in to to, <laughs> to cement our place in the Champions League again. Hey, what do I know? <laughs> 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 that backfired, the William one anyway. But, you know, the, the team is going for, you know, I was thinking about this when we was going forward, you know, who would be a good fit into the mould that Eddie wants to play? And again, there's a lot of players on the continent. There's a lot of players playing abroad. But War Prowse, you know, someone that's at Southampton, you know, good at set pieces. And I think that's something that caught my eye when we played against Leeds. You know, we dominated a lot of the game, had some good chances. Maybe didn't have that killer instinct with, you know, Wilson not starting the game and, and players maybe not being fit enough to start. That's when you need someone to open the door with a set piece. Bruno can't do everything. Joe Linton's been at a good level, a high level, but someone like him in that midfield area with what we've got and maybe a wide player, another, maybe an out-and-out wide player that's going to get in behind teams, that's going to go with pace, not necessarily that's going to come inside and play little combinations. I mean a true flying machine that's going to go out, a a Gillespie, you know, not necessarily that's going to, but get it out in front and let him just whip balls in and that's going to stretch teams and it gives us a new dimension, but... Um, as I said, don't listen to me because 
as I said, P- Pochettino, I'm not, I-, I can sit on the fence because he's not, he's not took a club, but the William one didn't work out well. So <laughs> you can't always, can't always be right. <laughs> hey, William's doing pretty well for Fulham this season. We'll, we'll, we'll leave it at that for you. But... Yeah, it took him, took him two years to get going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, one thing I have to ask you, Warren, there seems to be a bit of a debate amongst Newcastle fans. How much should this ownership spend in this window? There's that little thing called financial fair play in the background. And honestly, me and Sam in particular definitely don't know how to run a football club. But I think as fans, you kind of think, well, we'll just spend as much as we physically can without breaking FFP. But there seems to be a bit more strategy towards it. Do you think the owners will go and spend money to buy, say, two, maybe even three outstanding players? Or do you think maybe look at the loan market or other markets, if you like? No, they'd be sensible, you know, like they did when they first come in. The first five signings they played, really, they bought Trippier, marquee signing, top top player, played at a high level, proper player, got him for his money. We needed a left back. We needed a target man to relieve some pressure because Wilson was injured. We needed a local dominant centre-half who's actually playing left back now, born and bred in the area, loves the club. And then you get the final piece with a Bruno to come in. And then you go again. You couldn't get the centre-half that you wanted in the transfer window, so you waited until the summer. You get arguably one of the best goalkeepers now. He's saved against uh, Arsenal with his foot. I know he's, he's worth three points, you know, doing that. And he's kept, you know, the clean sheets that he's had has been largely down to the back four, but a lot of big saves that he's made. Uh, and then you go and get a striker that's not happened at the moment. He's been injured, but, you know, that's unfortunate for him. But I don't think, and again, I only spoke to him briefly, they're not going to go out and just spend money willy-nilly for the sake of it. They're gonna, there's a structure, there's an idea, there's an identity, there's a long-term plan. And you, you heard when Dan come in at the club from Atlanta, like, we're building a foundation, you have to build foundation. They looked at the academy, they've looked at the women's game, they've looked at the stadium, they've looked in the city, what they need to do. So I don't see them going out. I think in the summer, they may go in big, Drew Billingham. Someone like that, if not. Oh, yes, may, please. That may be, but that's where I see, if I was sitting in that room, that's what I would say at the moment. What do we need at the moment? I think, arguably, do we need another midfield player? Left? But don't break the bank. If, you know, look, I only went with Southampton because they're struggling. They're mm. going to be looking at trying to get rid of someone. You might get someone, but I think the Leeds game proved we're not the finished article. That it proved to us that against a stubborn team, organised team, and even when we went to Arsenal, you know, defended well, didn't really create too many chances, but it was great to see that determination, that fight to defend and get a point at the team that's top of the table and really upset them. And by the way, his behaviour as a coach, Arteta, is, you know, despicable. If he's supposed to be a top coach, that's not how you act. Um, you know, I, I think he's a wonderful coach. I think he's great. I don't want to talk about him, really, to be honest with you, but the way he goes up and down the touchline, he's, he's a role model. He's, he's a manager of Arsenal Football Club. So he's got to behave himself. In, in that respect, and good that the FA have come out uh, as well. But I, I don't, going back to your question, I don't think they will go crazy this time round. I think they're cement and look for a, you know, please God, we get a cup. That would be great. Um, and if we can hang on in there in the top four, that would be great. Of course, we would take it, but I don't think it would be the end of the world if we come fifth and won a cup. I mean, like we would have took that <laughs> <laughs> 25 years ago. So, you know, we're not going to complain about it now. But I don't see them going crazy at the moment. Um, I think there's a, there's a plan. There's, there's a plan, there's an identity, and the fans have to understand that. But the fair play, going back to you, just do what PSG and Man City did. 
just sponsor your own stadium. Just sponsor your own <laughs> people. So you, you can get away with it. So don't worry. I'll just pay the fine that FIFA do. So just it's not uh, your way for do. It's not a problem. PSG have been doing it for years. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I like your idea of, of James Ward-Prowse. As you say, Southampton struggling. Um, he might want out sooner rather than later. Tielemans and, and Madison, the Leicester pair, obviously they've been linked with us for a while, but I know you were out in Qatar covering the World Cup. Is there anyone that you maybe saw like a hidden gem? I, I for one, I saw this very interesting player. I don't know if you've heard of him called uh, Lionel Messi. He, yeah, he, yeah, funny he, enough, yeah. he, he looks like he, he's got he's got some uh, some promise. Yeah, he, he can play that kid. He's got a chance. He's got to, he keeps his head down. I mean, Morocco. You know, you look at what they had in midfield. Um, the midfield players they had. I'm, I'm just trying to think of a, a of a player that really caught my eye. There was there was lots of players, but now when you go to World Cup, guys, it's you don't really find an, a hidden gem. You know, they've normally played and play at a level. So, you know, whether they're playing maybe at a more unfashionable team like. Atlanta in uh, sorry um, uh, somewhere in like um, in Italy or somewhere in Germany that we're not held like Leipzig or someone like but you, you normally know these players um, that that are around so and because it's Newcastle now we go through the door it's uh, Atalanta so I was trying to think of Atalanta like that type of unfashionable club that maybe you don't know about but are really good players really good setup really good professionals there's certain players there the one obviously at Croatia the holding midfield player he's one that would come to mind so there's there's enough players out there but again when we start banging at the door the price will go up but that's what we're going to have to deal with but Sam you know there's a lot of good players out there and there's a lot you know what there's a lot of players now that want to come to Newcastle where mm. before you might have to twist their arm a little bit or maybe you know what do you think I think people have seen around the world that Newcastle and what's happening and what's going on um, is, is something that would excite people to be around, um, particularly the level of players that we've got at the moment. Yeah, I, I completely echo what you're saying there, Warren. I, I think that, that midfield position is key for Newcastle at the moment. It's John Joe Shelby being out potentially for two months isn't ideal. And he is someone that we kind of need you know, behind the scenes, if you like. Obviously, you've got well, on the bench at least when you look at the fact that Bruno Joe Linton and Joe Work and Sean Longstaff in particular they're the main four midfielders have done exceptionally well in this formation that Eddie Howe's gone with but it seems like a number six is what Newcastle are looking after you hear a lot of media outlets are, are suggesting that is the is the case and a couple of names that have been that have been mentioned are Moises Caicedo who obviously has done exceptionally well at Brighton Scott McTominay from Manchester United it's near the bottom of that list but another name but but Yuri Tielmans is, is that man I know Sam mentioned Tielmans and, and Madison, but if they were available for the right price and it made sense, do you think Newcastle have to go out and get a Tielmans or a Madison? Because you, you talk about that game against Leeds, they struggled to break them down. They might maybe just lack a little bit of creativity at times. Do you think that would be something that Newcastle should at least think about? Yeah, no doubt. I, think, I don't think they need. I mean, I'd go for Rice If you're saying about a holding midfield player, that you think who's going to, because what 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 the board and what the the ownership and what the uh, technical directors are doing are looking long term. So Tillman, listen, if he comes available, Madison, Till, of course you would take him because it's dependent how much you they'd have to pay. But the the squad we've got, we've got to get deeper and deeper if we want to get to where we want to get to the Champions League. And, you know, you look at where Man City won the game yesterday, take off two outstanding players, bring another two on, they score a goal. So. You know they can they can do that. That's where we've got to get to. 
Now, if that means bringing in Tillerman, Madison, War Prowse for now, they're really good players. And they're young, they've got an identity. But if you're looking for a true number six, you know, Declan Rice, as I said, imagine getting him and then in the summer you get Villenham and then all, Joe Villenham. Then all of a sudden you think, I mean, that is a midfield. And what that does for me gets Bruno further up the field because I think he could, he, if we'd had a true number six and Bruno was up a little bit higher against uh, a Leeds, he might have been able to affect the game a little bit more with a Wilson making some runs or Sam Maximum making some runs. So you can, it pushes him further up the field where I think that's his better position, uh, Bruno, where he can really penetrate and hurt teams in that final third because he's he's obviously got, you know, a talented player, got an eye for a pass and a shot as well. So, John, you know, going back, if, if them three players was available at what we all think is, I mean, what's what's good money at the moment? You know, that's that's another statement. McTominay, uh, you know, I like him as a player, but I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not I'm not convinced. It's like when when it first started, when they said about Deli Ali, let's go and get him. I wasn't sure. You know, it doesn't fit what I think Eddie wants, which is you know these these type of players that fit into a team, and he's he's, he's making a. A wonderful team. So, uh, of course, if players like that come available, we'd, we'd be silly not to be in the market for them. But I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't break the bank at the moment because I think in the summer there, there's going to be a lot of players and a lot of agents that'll be calling Newcastle for an opportunity to play for the club. A lot of uh, English centre midfielders could be available, as you say, especially in the summer. Like I think the big chase will, the headline chase will be Bellingham. So. If we could sneak in and uh, sort of nick a Declan Rice under their noses, it's not especially with West Ham. They're struggling at the moment, aren't they? And like yeah. Southampton are with Ward Prowse, and there's there's some at, deals to be done. Yeah, I'd look at you know Germany, you know, uh, Gretzka, the midfield player at Bayern Munich. You know what a player he is. You know he he's having a difficult time at the moment with the German media. These are the things you've got to try and look at. You know, they're having a go at him about how he was protesting in Qatar, how he was the leader, and the team. He may want to get out of there. So you, you, that type of player is a powerful, strong, athletic, dominant Champions League player. That's where we're looking now. We're not looking for survival players or players that can get us mid-table. We're looking for players that have been used to being in the Champions League. So the rest of them will, will be in it. Because that's if it don't happen this year, it's going, to be, it's going to happen soon that we're going to break into that top four and we're going to compete and we're going to challenge. Because, as I said, the ownerships are very, very determined and very... Know, focus that's where they want to be now it's not as i said maybe maybe not tomorrow but it ain't going to be too far away it certainly won't be certainly won't be um let's move it back onto present day and talking about newcastle united right now you've mentioned dan Byrne already i want i want to um to mention him again because i think everybody expected it to be second third choice center half with botman that was kind of a lot, a lot of newcastle fans i think it was it was going to be Botman with either dan Byrne or fabian share now Dan Byrne has been absolutely phenomenal this season at left-back. I know he has played at left-back for Brighton, Warren, but are you even surprised of how well he's done for Newcastle this season? Because it's not his natural position, is it? No, but I think he's playing on so much pride for the club. You know, whenever you hear him speak and the way he is, and that's why I start smiling about it, because he reminds me of like when we had Lee Clark and Watto, just a, a Geordie that probably has to pinch himself every day that he's walking in to St James's Park, particularly in this environment, you know, if he was a Geordie when it was the tough times and 
as I said, you've got the Ashley time and it wasn't great, but he's coming into it and he, you know, his family all from around there, they're going to watch him play. They're probably in the players' lounge, they're probably meeting him in the quayside for having dinner later on. I mean, Jesmond or wherever. That's they me in about there. an hour and a half's time, Lauren. I'm not going to yeah, lie. Exactly. To you. <laughs> so, you know, he, he probably, so he's, he's just playing on with so much pride and it's an old cliche, but you, you'd probably ask him to play left back and he'll try and do his best he can there. So, yeah, I think we can all say that he's a, a left-sided centre-half or if you play three at the back, he's comfortable being out there. But, you know, against Saka, he, apart from the one time that he got caught outside, what he's done very, very well, Dan, is he's not dived in, he's not tried to win every ball. He's just used a little bit of experience and stayed on his feet. He's reasonably quick. He's obviously very strong. And any time they try to play a ball over the top of him, he's six foot odd. He's just heading it back and, and getting the ball. And what, what he's done very, very well, he's not thought he's a left back that I'm going to play and go forward. If he needs to head it and kick it, he's making head it and kicking it away. He's not trying to bring it down, do little combination like a John Beresford did or any of these type of players. He's just, I'm going to head it away 50 yards and we might get the rebounds and things like that. So great credit to him because you can tell every time he has a an interview or he talks to, to someone, you can just tell that he's loving every minute of it. And I said, that's infectious when you have him, Sean, people around the club, you know, obviously Steve Harper be around there, Shola's around there. They, that can tell the people around the club what it is like to play. And they, other players see that. Other players see, bloody hell, he's he's going to die for this team. So that that's, that, that's a good thing to have in the team. Yeah, he was outstanding second half in particular against yeah. Arsenal. Second half, superb. On the other side of the defence, um, Kieran Trippier. Now, you uh, know a thing or two about playing right back. So, and I mean this question very, very respectfully. <laughs> is Kieran Trippier the best right back Newcastle have had in the Premier League era? Or is it you? No, I'm, I tell you, I'm not going to get upset about because I said it before. You know, obviously, John Anderson was a, a great and um, didn't play in the Premier League, but was an outstanding player. For Newcastle, you know, we've had one or two others, but he's a better player than I was. He, he can do things I couldn't do, like the free kicks, the whip of the ball. I was a decent crosser of the ball. I was a good athlete. I, I worked hard. I put my foot in. I challenged. I committed. But, yeah, I've got no problem saying that Trippier is the best right back we've had in the Premier League. I think he's an outstanding player. He's only been there a short space of time. He's had one or two injuries. I was lucky enough to play, you know, 220 times. I finished second in the Premier League twice. I finished second in the... Uh, FA Cups. I played in the Champions League, but he's a player. I said that when we signed him. He's a proper player. And that's why I've got no problems at all because he's a good professional. He's a good person and he, he loves playing for the club. I, as I said, I've got no, I'd love to meet him when I, I'm hopefully going over in the new year. Um, I'd like to sit down and have a chat with him because I think he's a tremendous player. I think he's a, a great role model for the club. I think he understands, like I said about Eddie, he gets it. Um, and I wish him well. And Hopefully he plays up 220 times. Hopefully he plays in FA Cup finals. Hopefully he plays in the Champions League because he deserves it. He's a top player. Talking about proper players. I so you don't feel so bad now, do you, saying that? You don't no, feel... I don't. No, I mean, I have, <laughs> I, I have got another one for you in that similar mould, which we asked Lee Clark just before the break, before the World Cup. But I'll let Johnny get his question in first. But no, to, to, to be fair, like, I grew up can, watching Can I just Europe. say, if you, if you ask Rob Lee this question about Bruno... Rob Lee would say no chance. <laughs> so you know, so don't don't worry about that. I'm I'm honest. Rob Rob would never have it. Rob would never have it. Bruno's not Rob Lee yet. Definitely not Rob Lee yet. But he ain't he ain't far behind. But uh, someone like Rob Lee 
or Ginola, you got they, they would never admit it. But uh, you know, as I said, I, I, I just I thought am. you were being nice when you said you watched our show, but you actually knew what I was going to say. <laughs> I'm, abso- I'm absolutely astounded. That's ace. Yeah, I, love that. I love that. I love it. I love it. Got meetings here already, Warren, and it's only the sixth of January. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you mentioned when you talk about Kieran Trippier, Warren, proper players. It's Sven Botman. As you like, I would say, is a proper player right now. Is he on form, the best set half in the Premier League right now? Yeah, yeah, I think on form, on form, and I think there's more to come from him as well. I think he's, you know, or the fans of, or someone said that he's, he's like a Rolls Royce. He's the closest you've seen to Van, you know, Virgil Van Dijk, uh, how composed he is on the ball. I mean, how he never made the squad for for Holland is quite mm. remarkable. But that's our, that, you know, that's now for us to to benefit for. And I think what. What he would know, we tried to get him in January last year, obviously. that didn't. We went again to go and get him. So that tells you that we were desperate to, to get him in. And no wonder why. I think he's, his ceiling is, is the best that you could go. I put him in there in time. And I don't want to put too much pressure on the kid because he's only a young player. But you look at what Vilic did. You look at company, Rio, he's got that makeup to be that type of player. And I think the biggest wake-up call, and I think it's a blessing in disguise, I think it was his first game or second game and he didn't know what was going on. It was like, you know, this is the Premier League. People was running out, yeah, they're tackling, yeah. He didn't get... And Eddie said, sit down for a couple of games, have a look, get your feet under the table and then go again. And then I think that that's that will be a blessing in disguise for him. Because now he knows. Now he knows. And he's still got a lot to go. You know, he's still got a lot to learn. But I think he's, yeah. I mean, obviously, the left foot gives him that elegance and that. But I, he's quick. He defends. Yeah, I, I can't speak highly enough to the kid. I don't want to put too much pressure on him. But I look at him. And if he can get his injury free, 10 years in the Premier League, we're going places, he'll be up there with a village. And, so, and if he can have anything like that career, then he's done well. But he's, he's the best centre-half in the league in form at the moment, the way he's playing. Could not agree more. He, he just, everything he does, he makes it look so easy and so casual, like it was, no, nothing's an issue, nothing's ever a problem. He's, it, he's got that, Sam, he's got that look of, that class about him, you know, everything mm. he does is smooth, you know, whether he has to get back and make a tackle, whether he's switching that ball out to Trippy on that left-hand side, everything he does is, is smooth and composed. And again, he's what is he, 21, 22 possibly? Yeah. So, you know, you think he's he's only going to get better. What he has got to do, and if I was in there, it's a his ceiling. You could be arguably one of the best players to ever play for Newcastle and and in the Premier League, one of the best centre halves. So don't stop now. Don't think, well, I've made it, we're doing well. Wanna be the best. You spoke about Messi, you spoke about, you know, these these people, they wanna be the best. So I'd be in his ear every day saying, you want to be the best, you've got to keep doing this. You've got to keep, whether he listen to me, I don't know. But he's definitely got the potential to be one of the best players. Uh, to pick up on a point you made about Eddie Howe kind of telling him just to, to sit and watch for a few games. He did the same with Bruno when he first signed. He, he, he was gradually introduced uh, into the first team. Do you know, it's a bit of a masterstroke coaching-wise, man-management-wise from, from Eddie Howe. Correct. And I think it was very confident in his own position at the club because obviously we needed to get results. We needed to start winning games. Bruno was sitting there. You could sense he was getting irritated because he wanted to play, he wanted to help the team. 
We wasn't winning as many games as we thought. But again, that's the, the confidence that I think Eddie's shown being out the game for a while with Bournemouth, realising what he's got to do, doing his homework, probably done more qualifications, more studying, more ideas. So when that when that situation comes along, but that he must have had backing from people behind him in the club to say, we're not going to force you. We're not going to be like other chairmen in your ear. Why aren't you planning? You've got to be planning. Why coming out in the media? They, they said, Eddie, you're in charge of the team. We're support you. You better bloody make sure it works. And it did. So, you know, he's, he's done a lot of things to me as a coach that have seen him grow and elevate as, as I said, one of the, the, the best coaches. Now, what would be another thing is to get us into the, you know, I, I said it to my son the other day, once Newcastle get in the Champions League, it'll be, how does he use his tactical awareness against other teams? You know, okay, we want to defend, we want to get people behind the ball, but you've got to start winning games. Um, so he's shown that side of, of it as well. And he has shown at Bournemouth that he will play entertaining football, he's shown with us, but he respect teams that can cause us problems. So as I said, I can't speak highly enough of, and he's articulate, he comes across very positive, he comes across as very astute of what he's doing. Um, and I think he he knows that he, he, he wants to grow and elevate as a, an outstanding coach, one of the best coaches in the world. And, you know, he'll grow into the job of Newcastle at the moment with what he's got. But, yeah, you're right, Sam. There were two, you know, masterstrokes, if you like. If Klopp did it or Pep did it, we'd be, you know, saying, oh, my God, they've changed the face of the game. Eddie yeah. does it. It's like, well, oh, OK, well, Eddie Howe's done it. But... Like, like he said, we're not here to police people. We couldn't care less, to be honest with you. <laughs> I just love that mentality. I think that was really good. I think that was just a fantastic sentence that he said this but, morning. You know, that goes back to what we all know. You know, like you said, Sam, you made me feel old. You used to watch me. But we, we didn't really care about what we other teams thought about us. Or KK was never out there to be everybody's friend. So Bobby wasn't. It was about Newcastle. You know, Sir Alex did it with Man United. No one likes us. We don't care. There was a reason why people didn't like him because Ale was... But they didn't really care. Mourinho didn't care when they won things. You know, Eddie, as long as Eddie's pleasing 52,000 people every week, he couldn't care less. And and rightly so. Because Bob, Bobby wouldn't worry about other people. He wouldn't... You know, if people would come out and say things, you think he'd worry about what... I don't know. Arsene Wenger said. Or he wouldn't... He wouldn't you know, respect them, but he wouldn't care what they said. Mm. Yeah. I, lo- I loved it when Eddie went back at him. When, when Eddie went back at Arteta. Yeah. And, and, and then, so, I mean, I know Jason got involved and you don't, but Eddie was like, who are you fucking talking to? You know, it's like, which is what Geordies would say. If you were out on a night out with, in town and someone come up to you and said, he said, who are you talking to? So, you know, that's, and that's, if, and the, as I said, people were loving for that. It, it takes a lot. To, for him to to tell another coach to 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 wind his, to wind the neck in as well, so it just goes to show how just how much of a tit Arteta was. <laughs> well, better than I was. I might have, I might start throwing some punches or something. But it was, <laughs> 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 like, sit down, will you? You're you're a manager of Arsenal Football Club. Anyway, we don't want to talk about that. We're talking no, about no. talking about Eddie. Yeah. Last question on Eddie. If Eddie Howe Manages to get Newcastle United into the top four this season, regardless of who wins the Premier League, whether that be Arsenal, Manchester City, whoever. Does Eddie Howe deserve manager of the season if he can manage to get Newcastle into the top four? Oh, it's, it's always hard because I think if, and again, if Arsenal went and won it, then you'd have to say, you know, they deserve it with their squad of players, with the young players. If Pep wins it with what they've got, it's like, well, he's expected to win it. If it. But if he wins the Champions League as well, I think if Eddie 
gets top four and we win a trophy, I think he's got every right. Yeah, um, it's, he'd be he'd be in that conversation, regardless. I think, regardless of what happens this season, he'd be in that conversation um, of where he is and what what he's done and the way he's done it. Um, so yeah, I, I I think he'd be in with a good conversation. But I always think they go with the one whoever's won it, uh, which doesn't always make it right. But sometimes you look at what what people have achieved with what they've got and how they've done it and how they've gone around and, and won the game. So, um, yeah, I, it'd definitely be in that conversation uh, about being manager. And some, some of the players will do as well. If it keeps going, we said about Trippier, you know, if he keeps performing the way he is at the level that he's playing, um, you know, he, he, he's not going to be far short either. To come full circle a little bit, at the start you mentioned the little things that the new owners have done, cleaning windows and, and whatnot. Um, one of the, the big things the fans love to see is the legends returning. You've returned last year. Yourself and Killer Kill Klein were there. Um, you weren't the only ones that have been invited back, but your return was long overdue, considering your history with the Mike Ashley era and Dennis Wise, which we touched upon first time round. How was it? How did it come about? How was it going back to St James's Park? Well, we lost against Cambridge, so I won't be bloody arsed again. That, that's the <laughs> <laughs> so they're quite happy me doing it from five thousand miles from San Diego, California. But no, it, it was wonderful. I I drove up there. I see some good friends of mine, people like Stevie Burns and people Stevie that I've been friends with over a long, long time. Uh, you could just feel walking around the city centre, that there was a real buzz around what was going on. And this was in January in the FA Cup. So it was virtually a year ago uh, mm. that I went. And seeing Killer as well, I never played with him, played against him, but being around him was great. We were just talking about new times, old times, seeing people there as well was great. Uh, and just, you know, being in the stadium, even with the disappointment losing to Cambridge, which was obviously hugely disappointing. But there was still a like, OK, the bigger picture is staying up. And that's when the conversation, like, we've got to stay up. It wasn't like, well, if we go down, we can reinforce and we go again. That was never in anybody's equation when we was talking to people. So it was great. I see Harp, Steve Harper that was there. It was nice. You know, Janola's gone back. I know Les has been up there. Uh, I see Les actually when I come back to London before I was flying off. So I see Les Ferdinand as well. But it, it, it's great because all we've ever wanted, I was speaking to Stuart Pearce in guitar, funny enough, when we was out there is that we all say the same thing. It's great for the fans. It's great for the city because we know what Monday morning looks like when they've won a game. We know what Friday night's going to look like when they're getting ready for a game on the Saturday afternoon. So it, it, it's wonderful to, to be around. It's we, all we've ever wanted is the best for the club. And that's really, guys, when I got involved, when I looked like the club was so vulnerable and everybody was kicking us in and you know Steve was coming out saying well we're ticking along and it's, it's like I'm not having it anymore I'm not sitting here I could be quite easy for me I could go and sit in the sunshine but I just felt that's a club that gave me so much and the people give me so much up there I wasn't going to stand alone and when I said one or two things then Big Al backed me up a little bit which is obviously a big thing he come out Rob Lee Steve Howie Bez couldn't say too much because he was involved, but we all know how it was. Ginola then, and and then it started to snowball, and then the fans was like, "Okay, we're not having." It. And then the obviously the takeover stand. So for me, it's always special to go there, and I love my life in America, and I've got no regrets moving here in in '08 with my family and everything. But I get asked the question, "Would you ever go back?" The only time I go back is for Newcastle. I go back and see my mum 
and my brother and sister. But when I do go back, I'm going to go up to Newcastle. So when I do go back on the 20th, there's no game. But I'll go up there just to see one or two people. And um, because it's a special place, it was the best time in my life. And I think I told you this, that uh, I, I was playing up there. But more importantly, like socially, it was it was great for me with the people. My kids was born, everything else. It, it was a big part. And that fan base, or just the people in general, gave me so much affection to me, my wife, the kids. You never forget that. And that's why at that time, when everybody was ready to give us a good kick in, I said, we're not, I'm not having it. I'm not having the people. It's not Newcastle. We're not a club that goes backwards and forwards, up and down. The people don't deserve it. So that generated the food bank. People was only going to St. James's to go to the food bank. They didn't want to watch the game. It was going to you know, go to the food bank. So that's our, you know, bad that people didn't want to go there. I'd spoken to people who said, I've got tickets for the game. I don't really want to go. That's never, I've never heard of that. So anyway, that's in the past. And, you know, I love going back. Uh, I will be going back again. In, in a few weeks. Um, I love being up there. It's a great, great part of the world. You know, when you get, I wouldn't even say pundits, but when you get people say that about the, they ain't got a clue. They spent one night in the quayside. They haven't got a clue about the people and, and, and the life up there. And we loved it. And that's why you, you, when you speak to say a Les Ferdinand, you speak to uh, a Lee Clark or obviously different, he's from there, but a Rob Lee, a bit, we, we loved it. And, you know, Shay Givens, another one, I put him in that equation. He, he He's there as well. Speedo, God rest his soul, when he was around, he, he loved it up there. We all we did it, not just because of the football, because the football was great, but the, the people, the area. And um, it's infectious up there. It's great. You can As soon as you get in the train, you see the stadium, you see the people, you see the people running into bars and everything. It's, it's, it is what it is. It's, it's a special, special place. And we love it. I'm glad, I'm glad you do. And I'm sure every Newcastle fan echoes what you say. What you said about the area and the people and just the whole city itself is a very very special area you talk about obviously visiting newcastle uh, in a couple of weeks but i think one place that newcastle fans would like to be at the end of february is at wembley for a league cup final <laughs> now on tuesday on, obviously we're recording this a couple of days before the leicester game it comes out the day of the leicester game so for all the newcastle fans out there let's just say newcastle have won against leicester Oh, don't tempt fate. I know, I know it's hard to tempt fate, but we caught a final of the League Cup. Last time we did that was under Rafa Benitez in the Championship, but we lost to Hull on penalties. Do you think Newcastle have have enough, Warren, to get to the semi-finals and potentially you might be able to book your flight from San Diego, California to London, Wembley at the end of uh, end of February? No, stay away. He's cursed. Yeah. He, we yeah, lost no, against like Cambridge. That. Yeah, no, I'll, I'll have your ticket. Here. I'll have yeah, your ticket, can... Warren. It's fine. <laughs> uh, I'll be watching it here in my PJ, so you're fine. Um, <laughs> no, there's no doubt. I mean, what's great, what Eddie's been able to do is generate this defensive team that don't concede, don't concede. And it's in opposition's mind now. You know, when you play against them, you know, it's going to be so hard to, to do that. The way that they've worked on it, um, they've definitely got enough uh, going forward. I think, you know, so maximum, he's talking about the man management skills of what he did with Bruno and 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 obviously Botman when he was in. But he's, he's had to hold, because I, I was actually saying play some maximum against Arsenal, because I thought he yeah. could have got at Arsenal's back line, but he didn't. He knew his game plan, and that's probably why Eddie's coach for Newcastle and I'm up here in, in, in San Diego. So, you know, from that point of view, um, we've definitely got the players to do it. I think they can smell it now. And, you know, that, that does have that effect when you play in the cup. When you know, get through, like, quarterfinals, you're sort of like, okay, hold on a minute, we beat this, we get here. You you actually start 
thinking about that and I can only go back to my experience and we had it. So yeah, I've got belief that we can do it. It's obviously the luck of the draw sometimes and, but we've definitely got, and if what we've got now a little bit as well, gentlemen, is teams don't want to play us where before it's like, Oh, okay. It would be, we fancy our chances. It's like, okay, now this is going to be a tough one. This is going to be a hard game. And again, going back to what Eddie said, we're not here to have compliments. We're not here to make friends. We're here to try and win something and, and compete and challenge. So yeah, it'd be, It'd be lovely. And Sam, you're correct. I would not come over. Even if they offered me a ticket, I'd rather... No, take it. take the ticket. Just put and it give in it my to name. You. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I, I forgot that. I forgot that. Yeah. yeah. But, the battle um... for loyalty points is going to be absolute <laughs> anarchy trying to get tickets for that. I, I can be bought. I'm very, very cheap as well. I can be bought. Don't worry about that. I'm, I'm, very, <laughs> I'm very cheap. Don't worry about that. A couple of drinks and I'm, I'm anybody. So you're fine. <laughs> oh, lovely stuff. So... This month, then, to to really cement our place or, and maybe hit a cup final, do we need to add experience or are you happy with the planning of kind of the right age, the 24, 25s, the youngish side of things? Because I, I think back to when Man City were first starting after their big takeover. People forget they signed Lampard on loan. They signed Patrick Vieira from Inter Milan. So do you need that mix? Yeah, and it happened a little bit when I spoke in the summer when or they were talking about getting Tillam or Madison. I said, if you need it, go and get a Vardy for, for a season. He'd love it up here. He'd love it in Newcastle. I know he's coming towards the end of his career. But if there's someone out there that you feel that can benefit and give you that uh, experience, but also give you that ability to, to go forward, yeah, I don't... As I said to you before, we, we ain't the finished article, so we can't mm. sometimes pick and choose there's an identity of what they want but if someone comes available that you think you know as i said maybe at city where they're not getting a lot of games or they're not sure that can we pick someone up there that could do look at the two that went from manchester city to arsenal look what they asus that they've sort of done so i'm not saying you know you know, i remember when kenny Dalglish went and got stewart Johnny Barnes and, and Ian Rush, you know, he, that, that was experience. There was a lot of experience there. <laughs> so, that, yeah, that know, was experience. That was experience, a <laughs> lot, lot of experience there. But there's, there's definitely players that you feel that could give you, I mean, again, I, I can only go back with my experience. I remember when Sir Bobby went and got Kevin Gallagher from Blackburn, mm. where wasn't playing, got him for half a million, or was playing, but wasn't in there. Kevin was played on the right, so it allowed Kieran to miss one or two games. Play down the middle to let Bellas get used to playing regular every single week for Newcastle. Kev was there. Great, Kev. You've done great. Move on. Go along. You, you know, we'll always be thankful. So, you know, someone like that would, would be ideal that can, you know, give someone a little bit of a breathing space. You know, it, it might be a left back. It might be someone to say, Bernsey, you've done great, but we need, if anything happens, you know, going forward. But I think the game plan is always long term. But Again, you know, you'd be foolish if someone come along that you feel like you could get a a game out of them for the season or for half a season. I think you'd you'd want to do that. Warren, just finally, what's going to happen this season? We're beat halfway through, pretty much. We're in the top four. We're sitting third in the league. We're in the cup third round against Sheffield Wednesday tomorrow. Leicester on Tuesday, and Newcastle finishing in the top four this season. And will a trophy be coming home to St James's? Uh, no and yes. Uh, this is my, my heart would love you to top four and win a, win a cup, but I do believe we might finish outside the top four. But I do think we we'll get to a final winning. I think that that I would take that now. 
I, I would take that now. You know, I know top four is, is everything and it's the Champions League. Um, but to win a trophy, um, yeah, that's, that's something special. No one's done that since, what was it, Bobby Moncur's time. So you've got in the 60s. So you, you've got something to go for. But yeah, that would be that would be great. I would like to say, and I don't want to be too accepting about what happened. If we did finish six, if we did not do a cut, I still think that we've had a we, we've had a great season. I still think that. I wouldn't. Would we accept it and say that's acceptable? Probably deep down, no. But I'd say you know what, we've made a lot of strides from where we was. And sometimes in life, you need to just take a reality check and then go again. And I think that would be, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Of course, we've got momentum. We want to win, want to be in the top four. We've been up there, but it wouldn't be, I think, in the bigger picture in 10 years' time, we sit back, like we said with Botman, sit down for a couple of games, sit back for a season and then go again. It wouldn't be the end of the world. But of course, we want to win. Yeah, of course, we want to win. Of course, we want to win. It wouldn't be the end of the world. You're quite well. You're quite right, Rowan. I think it's fifth fifth or sixth with a with a cup. Well, just beating Newcastle fans after that Wolves game at Molyneux last season. (laughs) They would have taken both your hands and both your legs off for that. But uh, yeah, Rowan, it's been absolutely brilliant having you on. It's always great having you on the uh, Newcastle fans team and the Green and the Wolves show. We really enjoy listening to you. And um, yeah. Again, enjoy your trip back to the northeast in a couple of weeks. I'm sure you will. Yeah, well, I'll be on Instagram. If anyone wants, I'll be wandering around uh, Newcastle sometimes, so I might bump into you uh, around. So you'll see me out there. But yeah, thanks, gentlemen. As I said, Happy New Year. It's always a pleasure. And um, one thing with all this COVID stuff, when it all kicked in, we've, we've, we've managed to meet some friends and people that maybe would never have got to meet, you know, going forward. And uh, I truly mean it. You know, it's it's a pleasure. Uh, the club means a lot to me, as as you know. But I know it means even more to to people like yourself that have been there, born and bred. It's your club, uh, and you've got as as KK said, you've got your club back now, which is which is the most important thing. Absolutely, absolutely. As Warren has already done, uh, the link is in the description to subscribe to the podcast. And Warren listens every Tuesday when it's released. Um, and yeah, please leave a five star review. Thank you very much, Johnny. Yes, yeah, so a big thanks to our guest, Warren Barton. A big thanks to Sam Mulner. And again, best of luck to Newcastle United today, as this is getting recorded today, Tuesday night. Newcastle United are going to be in the semi finals and they're going to be one step away from Wembley. We'll see you all very soon. Newcastle Fans TV.